Hey, everybody. Welcome to Multi Multi, a podcast discussing the multitude of multi-site student ministry. My name is EJ Swanson, and as always, I'm joined by one of my very best friends, Mr. Joe Crabb. Oh, EJ, it is so good to be back here with you. I love you, buddy. And the ever so lovely Mrs. Kim Schuler. Hello, EJ. You know, I was listening to the podcast the other day, and um, I just felt like how much I emphasized Kim, the Mrs. Kim Schuler um, on that, but it's because of an endearment for not only you, but your husband, Max, as well, who I yes. deeply love. Yes. Joe, I love your wife, too, but um, I don't know. There's just something about Kimbo, <laughs> you know? Welcome to Multi-Multi, where we talk about the multifaceted ways <laughs> we love one another. Well, this episode's yeah. dropping right around Valentine's Day. So. Uh, I love it. <laughs> well, you know, if you guys have listened to our podcast before, you know the vision is um, just to equip churches who are um, either in multi-site student ministry or entering in that. So many conversations I feel like we're having right now, guys, of people that are like, we're going from one campus to two. What do we do? Mm -hmm. Or that next threshold, which I personally think is like five and under. Um, You know, and then once you get past five, it's like a whirlwind, at least in in my mind. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, what's the turning point where it becomes like manageable to... Or like it's still manageable, but it's a it's a whole other level. It's a whole other beast in some yeah. ways. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you know, our vision, you guys, is just to to equip people and to be in the trenches alongside of you guys, share some of the things that we're currently learning as well as things that we've learned in the past. And today we're going to be talking about how to on ramp or launch a brand new campus, and within that, the importance of um, what alignment looks like, as well yep. as what um, the opportunity to have some freedom looks like. We'll go through some staffing um, opportunities, what we can do, what are the essentials Mm -hmm. within that. And um, each of us have been through a number of campus launches. I was thinking as, um, you know, we were looking through the potential show notes for this episode, how many I've been a part of. Um, Joe, how many have you been a part of? Quick math. Sorry to put you on the spot. I've been at... uh Technically, in some sense, I've been a part of every every one. So because I've been around for them yeah, all. I've been around for all of them. Um, when I first started interning, uh, we had we had three campuses. Okay. Troy, Warren, and White Lake. Got it. When I started interning, we had three campuses. Now okay. we have fourteen. Yeah. So, and Kim, you have been within the realm for most of those, right? Yeah, I've been around for them on staff, though. Um, I've been around for about five, six. Seven of them. Okay. I'm looking at a chart right now with all the dates. Yeah, I was thinking through that. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have one that I put on my phone or whatever and ages ago to just do just that, just to kind of remember like when they got launched and so on and so forth. But needless to say, it's lots. Oh, you have a whole bunch. Yeah. Here, Kim, look at you. Yep. <laughs> we have a lot. You have a chart. I have a chart. Wow. I didn't make the chart. I'm not taking that credit. That's awesome. Now is. I'm just looking at this. This is the first time I've seen it. So we oh, okay. have a chart that uh, pretty much tears out our campuses as they have launched. It gives the date of when their campus was established. But then um, from there, just the numbers on average per year right. to kind of section them off into what we call tiers. Um, so we have campuses from tier one to tier four, um, tier four being the larger campus and 
then all the way down to tier one being um, one of the smaller campuses. So um, in that, just looking through like the different dates, that's what I was doing, um, being on staff since yeah, about f- 2012 and interning prior to that. I found a whole a whole note that I made on my phone years ago yeah. that I just pulled up. I share, I share with EJ that shares. I started in 2010. We, had, we launched the fifth campus in 2010. Yeah. Wow. So... Yeah, but it's uh, I put in there because I put all like the hours and so on and so forth, just charting fun data and all that good oh, stuff. Oh yeah, so, that's awesome. So uh, we've been through you, a bunch of them. <laughs> so yeah, for you, those of you who are so. uh, for those of you who are listening, thanks for uh, taking a step back in a time for Woodside history and <laughs> making us feel old. But I like Kim. <laughs> what you shared actually was good um, because one of the things as, as we've shared throughout this podcast is that um, as a multi-site church for years, we ran as a main campus model, right. um, as a lot of multi-site churches do, uh, where the main campus, which is generally speaking, the first campus that was founded uh, and at times the largest campus uh, is the one that leads out ministry. So they resource and equip. They're responsible for ministry at their own campus, but as well as equipping all the campuses for alignment and so on. But this past spring, last year, May 2018, we began a centralized ministry where now all of our campuses are 14 campuses. We have a central team that works hand in hand with those campuses to equip uh, and streamline and resource mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, which I'm sure we could do a whole episode one day that's all about centralized and main campus and pros and cons and so on. And that transition as a whole and when and what that looks like. Yeah. But one of the big benefits has been actually this this tier system because yeah. it sounds kind of rigid at times but what it really does what we've seen what any good system does provides clarity provides yeah. clarity provides understanding provides uh what it what it is when a campus is launched what are those staffing things what's those expectations or you know we know that there's kind of a bleed over you know it's not a hard line once you get to 250 it's this it's that you know you're approaching that as you approach that next mile marker what does that look like and so i love that we've even gone with the approach of starting tier one with a launch because some people well tier one that's got to be your biggest church it's number one in size it's like no 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 because we want to not cap ourselves and thinking this is the this is the work that god's going to do this this campus is only ever going to get bigger than this many people um because we also know that there's going to be greater needs and so it allows for uh again for a system to eventually evolve and create greater clarity. So, right. um, and greater targets, or like be able to have targets of growth and getting to that next step as a campus and as a church. You know, I think it's important for us to to include for everybody listening today too that um, Woodside has a varying model of launching campuses. Sometimes our campuses are launched via. Um, what a lot of churches would either call a takeover or a merger. Mm -hmm. We like to look at them definitely as mergers versus takeover. But we, in multi-site world, we've all heard that takeover language, right? Yeah. Um, And so many of our mergers have been healthy. We have a great team that um, puts a ton of time on the back end and research and development into that. So we've launched campuses in that manner where we've gone into a church that um, either is healthy or struggling. We've done both and um, partnered with 
with them and then um, you know they're a part of the Woodside community of churches and then we've also launched churches just from uh, scratch mm-hmm. so we've seen both models within the tenure of the three of us and um, we we've dabbled in um, all different parts of that there's yeah. some neat things on the horizon that I think will expand that even further in the context of Woodside but we'll leave that for when they happen um, I want to start off right off the bat about talking um, essentials for a campus launch mm-hmm. because within it there are things that um, I think we've learned and are continuing to learn that we've seen wow we have to do these things especially within the first year and I want to kind of encapsulate um, this episode today on that first year and say yep. as we launch we're not just talking about hey great we put out the signs we've invited people but really that um, you know day one to day 365 and what that looks like within multi-site student ministry so will you guys kind of start off and start talking a little bit about um, either staffing models or what you feel like are the essentials within in um, launching a brand new campus? Yeah, I would say primarily um, you want to think about overall um, the safety um, aspects and just programming itself, right? Rhythms. Um, So starting there, um, looking at that September through May coming up with that strategic plan, usually driven by central if there is a centralized team. Sure. And from that, crafting it in your context as a campus alongside your campus pastor and the central director for students. Um, But you want to, I mean, there's multiple aspects to think through, but I would say this is something that's primary is that programming piece, that gathering, the community, the small groups, the teaching, um, and what that looks like at your campus specifically, but then alongside if there is that central context. In central, um, for us, one of the essential within that as we talk programming is when we launch a campus, we're talking grades 6 through 12. I've mm-hmm. seen, um, I think all of us have seen uh, churches that launch middle school first and then as they grow, launch high school or that type of thing. But as we launch a new campus, right off the bat, we want to do um, you know, student ministry 6th through 12th grade. Yes. Yeah. So you asked, what are some of the things that are priority and uh, it, when we're launching a campus? And I love that you pointed out that we we have a mixed bag. We've had mergers. Um, um, and uh, nine of oh, eight of our campuses are mergers. Five of our campuses are plants. Uh, one of our, I guess, what would you consider our Detroit campus? It would be a plant, right? I mean, it started in 1955, yeah. right? So, yeah. Like, so I guess technically six yeah. of our campuses are plants. Right, right, right. Mergers, yeah. Right? If you really drill it all the way back. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. It started in a house somewhere. So. Uh, but one of the things that has happened and evolved throughout the years, and the document that we currently use for launching is called an iPod. Uh, and so iPod, we shared this in a prior episode uh, when a question came up with Taylor from Redemption Church down in Alabama. Uh, it's an acronym that stands for Initial, Priority, Optional, or Opportunity, mm-hmm. and then D, discouraged. which is discouraged. discouraged. And so I think for our conversation today, it's kind of really focusing on that initial. So whether it's a merger, whether it's a plant, uh, uh, what are those initial things? And you know, like sixth through twelfth grade student gathering. What is that? What does that look like? So the document itself, I think, would be great to kind of share a little bit about what it does. It, it casts vision. It reminds uh, a campus of what the purpose is of of the of a student ministry uh, holistically. It's part in the greater church, uh, but also like any good system, it 
provides clarity mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. gives you an opportunity of like, okay, this is what um, we need to be focusing on. This is what helps us get to a growing and healthy student ministry and really um, a growing and healthy church. Is some of these things are principal things that we value, not just in student ministries, but in multiple of our ministries. And so uh, our iPod, which, you know, iPods may be dated, but may this document never be. May it be mm. ever involve, uh, evolving. So... <laughs> Uh, uh, but one of the things that was brought, each campus will provide an excellent student ministry for students in grades 6 through 12. Uh, and that we look to do this in a, either midweek or Sunday rhythm throughout the school year. And that gathering primarily focuses on, at its initial stage, small groups and the preaching of God's word. Right. Yes. Uh, and so, well, what does that mean? What is being, what is being preached? What is being taught? Kim, what's being preached and taught in student ministries as they launch? The Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Yes. Um, As Woodside students, we have a curriculum that is set by Central um, alongside the collaboration of the entire student team. Uh, The student team is the ones who um, actually put that to context and write the series and um, the message scripts. I as central, um, just distribute. Uh, and as central, even leadership executives, um, they actually have an eye on our curriculum, our series, and what we teach as well. And we gather feedback from them before we even put them out to our teams. Um, so it is very set up for our campuses so that in that initial first year, they're not scrambling. They're not trying to figure out what they have to teach weekly and putting that all together. It is literally all package for them, but approved by Woodside holistically to be taught. So yep. it's, we have a whole mess, a whole episode that was all about how we create messages and curriculum and so on and so forth. I encourage you guys to, to read that, but it does really set up um, somebody who's launching a campus. Yes. who has got all these other things that we want to kind of hit on at some point, like to know, yep, this is what we're teaching. Yeah. This is where we're leading our students and so on. It really sets them up for yeah. success. So and, and I think within that, you know, the origination of all of those things are done by people. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, both, you know, caring people within the pulpit, people who are, um, you know, have the ability or growing to teach God's word, mm-hmm. yeah. people who are on our staff teams who are writing those messages. Familiar with student ministries. Correct. Regardless right. if it's, you know, in a, a rural setting, an urban setting, we have got all those voices around the table, um, guys who've been there for two years, um, and some who've been there for seven, eight plus. And so uh, that's a good point. That is a very good point. And, and some something ahead, else, sorry to um, interject, but that just reminded me of it. And I think it's down in our list of just that initial first year is the live teaching aspect. Like yeah. not only do we um, write the curriculum ourselves here at Woodside, but having that live communicator is so important to us in that first year. Um, so you know, just having that connection with the student. But same thing, if it's a volunteer individual or if it's someone on staff, there are still many individuals that we can tap into, you know, helping that first year to go into, um, you know, that launch period and just set them up for success. You know, I think that um, the key key thing that I hear you saying in that, Kim, which I absolutely love, is sometimes it's a staff person. 
sometimes it's a volunteer, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but within it, it's somebody who's you know willing, able, and as well, um, they're in the trench with those students, yeah. with those families, yeah. with those parents. Builds relationship, builds rapport, builds familiarity, uh, and. I love and we do live communicators. Yeah. So as you're thinking through that, like that's that's one of the things that we value. It's one of the things that again we've talked uh, uh, in other episodes. Like our senior pastor has valued. We mm-hmm. we do live communicators. But Kim said, you know, staff or volunteer. Yeah. So Kim, when we initially launched a campus, yeah, for student ministries, is there a paid position at a launch of a campus for a student ministry director? Not necessarily. <laughs> so that, that's a very politically correct uh, way to say no. <laughs> there yeah. is most likely there's not unless right. we it's a merger where they are that's already true. running a student ministry that is of size or of need at large. Um, I think it's like this as students are ten percent of or more of the congregation, right? Then it qualifies. I think that's something. Well, yeah. So in that, that document you mentioned earlier, like that tier that that tier document, it does have one of the things in there is that paid staff range, and it goes through and says like, hey, as a campus progresses, these are things that are made available uh, to them. And and right. I love it is because it's not rigid. It's not like this is what you have to do, um, because even it's at a tier one, bit. there are some um, some options within it. Like, oh, we can hire. Um, uh, you know, a part-time person here or a full-time person here. And so I would even say that there's probably even some freedom for that campus pastor at a launch or in that, within that tier one that they could say, you know, this is what's going to benefit us because we have got a ton of students right. in our environment. Because in uh, their context or community, that could be the highest population that they're seeing attend church. But I love that you said, so like uh, 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 we might launch a campus, it might be a plant, and there's not a student person. There is a kid's person, but there's not a student person. Or we merge with somebody, and they kind of fall more in that tier two um, that tier two campus area. And we're like, okay, so yeah, they, they do have a uh, student ministry and it's at this size and so on and so forth. So we have a part-time person and, you know, there are those conversations. Somebody might be listening like, well, what do you do if really you only have it staffed for a part-time person or you only need a part-time person, but they have a full-time person. The beauty of doing this 14 times over or 13 times over is that you have some wise people who know how to best lead through those types of conversations. Amen. And we can talk through, we can talk with these guys about what those right. conversations have looked like. Um, but ultimately what I've loved and I've seen time and time again, uh, God honoring conversations that helps the brother and sister in Christ find the best seat for them at that table, on that yeah. bus, a part of that team. Um, and it's been cool to see what that's looked like. Uh, sometimes it's been a shift uh, in, in in a role or responsibility for him. But like I said, above all, God's been honored and glorified through that. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, I think within that, too, essential to launching any campus are the volunteers themselves. Yes. And within volunteers, um, Woodside, as a multi-site church, we have very specific, strategic um, things in place for safety and security of yes. our volunteers. I think that that's something that um, down the line we could spend a whole nother episode on, you know, having um, a gender-specific small group leader for, um, you know, every five students, um, two small group leaders, regardless of the group size to meet all of our standards. Um, That's essential for us as we're launching because as a campus is ramping up as they're going, we want them um, 
to be like on board right off the bat with our safety mm-hmm. and security stuff. Yeah. And I think that's that key. that's yeah. We we have um we have our our leaders as they start a campus um, make sure they understand our structure, the culture that we have, and we use some resources uh, to do that. We think that that's an essential part of what's happening. Um, what would you guys say are the resources that right off the bat we say, hey, as you're launching a campus, um, you need to know about these things? One of them is something we launched when Central uh, launched this past May, and it's called the Woodside Way. Ooh, um, TM. Yes, and it's through Office 365 SharePoint, but it has been created by our IT team, and it's just a localized database uh, place where people can gain information as well as provide feedback. And that is a when I sit down with a CP, which is our campus pastors, and a student ministry director pastor that has just been either hired on or in transition um, as we merge or launch a campus, that's one of the main things I show them how to function and how to work through um, because that's where all the curriculum, all our um, resources are placed for them to grab. And so wanting to make sure that they know how that best functions. And outside of that, there's many other things that they go through when they come through onboarding as a staff member database training, uh, you know, they get their email, computer, like those are pieces that they all probably need to um, definitely be a part of and be resourced with and equipped with. Yeah, and I think even EJ, as you were sharing a little bit about leaders and that that need of you know because that that's essential. Right? You're talking about we have to have a gathering. Uh, that's where you look for generally because there's not a staff member right off the uh, off the bat. You know that means it might be volunteer driven. Uh, if then then they're in that tier one setting, is uh, we make sure that 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 volunteer leader or even that that staff member that may be a part of it, depending on where that campus falls, that they also are aware of how we train our volunteers. Yeah. What the philosophy and vision is and the practical things. And so uh, they get everything from, yeah, they, they get this iPod. They get, um, you know, the, the access to Woodside Way. So they're able to see that and have that pool of resources. They get added into a dope text thread with all the student <laughs> and staff. Um, but they do. They, they, we want them to look through and really know and own uh, what the vision is for the ministry, uh, what the philosophy is, and how we're training small group leaders so that they can um, cast that vision to their people, equip them, um, and, and just carry that as the, that ministry looks to grow uh, from that launch period. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, the basics of that, they're clean environments, they're safe environments, all those mm-hmm. type of things are stuff that we want our volunteers, our people to know that as they launch, like there is a standard. There is something that we want our students going into the environment, whether it's four students or 400 that are important to us. And those are the things that I think so many of us um, land on and say, hey, we want um, 
we want the environments, we want our people, we want our teaching to look like this to shadow um, the other campuses. You know, I think one of the other big things is that as we launch a new campus, how important follow-up with students as well as families are, um, what that looks like and how um, our processes look like. You know, communication for us is absolutely huge in all of our environments, especially students, because these are people's um, kids and they're all mm -hmm. over the place. So we um, lay out a really detailed um, communication structure. Um, and we ask our staff, our volunteers, our leaders to be consistently um, communicating. Uh, with families, yeah. with um, students. And at the very least, we say essentially in that first year that they need to be communicating twice a month. There's just no ins, outs, or otherwise. You right. have to be doing it. And um, we do that a whole bunch of different ways. I know one of the things that, um, Joe, I always loved about the ministry that you had as the lead student guy at Troy was um, your parent email. And that each of our student ministry directors would have that. Yep. They were on the list. So if they wanted to copy and paste that, edit it for mm -hmm. them. Um, what other type of things do you guys see as you're launching campuses? You guys have done this now a ton of times, our essentials within communication. Yeah, I think being a visible face on Sunday mornings and communicating with parents that way in the lobby, um, you know, those touch points that are face-to-face -face are so pivotal upon a launch. Um, just to get your... Um, name as well as your face in the hands of parents so that they know who to contact and communicate with. Um, other ways that this has been done too is through um, a texting app called Remind, uh, way, a great way to communicate not only with parents but even with students, with small group leaders. Uh, we use the communication platform for emails called MailChimp. Mm. Uh, real uh, user-friendly and I would say intuitive um, to pick up and use and so um, also through the old you know uh, way of uh, calling someone Ooh. picking up the phone dialing and calling a parent um, is a great way to communicate with them as well but I think EJ as you're speaking like about the the space and everything like that. Um, I find that almost a really important um, piece to not only uh, land on real quick, but with everything we're talking about and why we find it so important in the first year is all of it communicates value. All mm -hmm. of it communicates value to the families as they are experiencing uh, student ministry for the first time or for the 10th time. Um, you know, as Woodside, we want to communicate value to anyone who walks through the doors. And so just as we continue talking through these different pieces, just really wanting to emphasize like we're... We don't do it just to mandate it across the campuses, but from how we've learned over the years and what communicates value. Um, so that's why clean, safe, updated space is on our list of what is essential in that first year. Yeah, and even that, and like, so you're talking about communication. I think it's uh, it's very key for that to expectation even be known to a student ministry guy, gal, volunteer, director, pastor, whoever it might be, is like that. Hey, you are responsible for communicating weekly to your small group leaders. Yes. You are responsible for communicating weekly, bi-weekly to parents. So, like, 
you own those things. And a lot of times that is even broken down in our roles and responsibility sheets uh, for events. But outside of events, you know, on that week to week basis, this is what's expected of you. This is what's in the, that job description and so on. Um, so I think it's key for that leader to, to know uh, and to set in a predictable rhythm of it. Like just not just be like, oh, I, I texted them, I emailed them, so on and so forth. I did it randomly on a Tuesday night at 3 a.m. when I found I have time. Real quick, just a life hack as well. Yeah. Don't send emails at 3 a.m. I know there's some of you listening who are <laughs> like, I'm writing that owls. email, all that stuff, and like, you know, it's 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Don't send mass emails out to anybody that late. Um, there's a drafts folder for a reason. Yeah. And you usually can schedule them as That's well. That's true as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just just do that. Schedule it. Write it. Save in your draft. Set a reminder. Hey, send out my emails tomorrow. Like, yeah. Just don't be... If you're up one day because you can't sleep, you're just cranking out email, don't put that reply button. That's gold. Three, I yeah. love it. Yeah. And with that, you know, as they're crafting those emails, as they're crafting the look of the spaces and everything like that, that is something that um, you want to do with the branding of your church or what they've provided with Woodside students or, or whatever student ministry you're part of. So that is something that Central um, usually resources. And for us, we put it up on the Woodside way that they can um, snag and use, but also alongside of the Central team just to make sure that it is within the branding of Woodside students or the yeah. ministry at large. Yeah, you want to feel like Woodside, especially for a merger. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, if you're trying, you want to feel like that, that church. You want it to communicate the culture, the vision that leadership has and so on. So it's key. And again, you've been set up for success. Don't waste your time making a graphic that you think yes. is going to look all that cooler. Right. If you really think it's going to look that much cooler or if you have feedback for a graphic that already exists. Just send it to the proper people. That's how we edify one another. I think it's been really neat to watch, too, as we launch campuses, especially in the merger, which we see churches doing more and more nationally, right? That um, we take the time going in, looking at their environments, helping them redesign them or update them to that Woodside student kind of, hey, we'll put this banner over here or this is a great element. It's even been neat to watch some of our other campuses as they've updated spaces. Say, hey, Mm -hmm. we have extra pillows from when we, you know, redesigned our stuff or when we did this that's been really cool and we do it in every way we do it whether it's a um you know a multiple space a space just for students a space where middle school and high school students are meeting together so it's not just uh we understand it can't be a one-size-fits-all because we are doing mergers or plants in different areas that that space has to be fluid uh because there could be several ministries meeting there throughout the the week and different sizes let's let's talk about that for a minute because when a lot of our campuses launch um they don't have have critical mass within students. Mm-hmm. If we merge, sometimes there's you know there's a student ministry, but a lot of times um, they're starting from ground one, which is one of the things that all of us get excited about. Each of us kind of have a little bit of that entrepreneurial um, you know blood within us, where we like building things from the ground up. And um, I want you guys to talk for a second, if you would, about. Uh, we always talk about Wake and Oasis, right? Our yeah. high school ministry, our middle school ministry. What have we done as a campus launches? How do we um, how do we have those come together? Do we right? Because our our listeners don't know. Do we start them middle school and high school gathered together? When do we break them? Those type of things. Yeah. Because I think that's that's really important as you're launching a campus. I'm a firm believer in critical mass. You heard me say it in that line as I segued there. Um, mm. 
Great segue. Amen. Um, come on. <laughs> uh, but within that, I think critical mass is, is such a win. And I think it even overcomes some of the barriers or things that you have to overcome with middle school and high school students being together. So let's talk about that a little bit. As a student ministry is launching within our multi-site com- context, what do we do? Yeah, so it is, it's such a tough tension because within that as well, you're like, uh, seniors don't want to be right. in a room with 12-year-olds and t- parents of 11, 12-year-olds don't want their kids in the room with 17, 18-year-olds in, in between. But there is something about having energy, people yeah. not walking into a room where there's only seven people or three people, but where there's 15 or 20. And um, it's, it's, it is tough, but we generally start with, they are merged. Um, they are middle school and high school combined generally, and they could be on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, uh, but they are combined. And we kind of look, you kind of, you know, once they get to that 30 and a regular rhythm, you begin kind of looking and seeing, okay, what would it look like next to launch into a split? Now, what do you do for teaching? Most of ours still do their teaching combined. Uh, there have been some who, as they're looking at the fact that they may launch into uh, two separate gatherings, a middle school gathering, a high school gathering, they begin to have separate teaching. And there have been certain series throughout the year um, in which we do separate teaching. And one of those would be like dating and sex. And it's not that we don't have those conversations with our middle school students. It's just we have them differently than we have them with our high school students. So we want to be mindful of the language we're using, how the, the we're approaching the conversation and so on and so forth. So, But also those, developmentally, yeah, like exactly. you're talking about a sixth grader and a 12th grader in the same room. Even needs. And yes, like what, what absolutely. What they need to hear in that time uh, could be drastically different or how yes. they're going to receive it yep. like you said is going to be different so um if i'm so if i'm a guy i'm at a campus tier one tier two we're launching and you're asking me what i would do yeah i would do large group together okay i would split them for teaching i would find that burden of needing to find two communicators uh to speak in both environments okay can you step back for a second so yeah. large group together when i think large group the first thing i think is teaching together so yeah. can you describe that one more time games Sorry. announcements fun whatever it might be yep uh announcements large group like that together can worship be in that yep okay worship yeah yeah so that's one of the things we did talk about we said oh we have preaching we have small group we'd love for there to be worship and some guys do it quarterly or so on and so forth all those elements together teaching separate middle school and high school teaching separate small group separate got it so uh because again those conversations are going to look differently they're going to be led differently that's just Preference-wise, if you're putting me at an uh, at a campus uh, that's just launching or so on and so forth, or they have a combined model currently, that's how I would I would structure it. And so it's kind of how we've structured our summer programming. Uh, we do our large group all together, worship, fun, game, teaching separate. We don't do small groups in the summer, uh, and it's one of the best things that we've ever done. Yeah. Uh, critical mass, excitement, engagement, um, and no awkwardness with both middle school and high school being in the room. So, yeah. yeah. As we um, wrap up this um, this episode today, why don't we um, just each share a, a final thought? Sometimes we do this, sometimes we don't. Launching um, brand new sites. Um, do you guys have anything just kind of truth bombs at the end or something that you've learned that you really feel like um, our listeners should know? Yeah, to go off of what Joe actually just shared, it's funny, I just listened to an episode of XB3 Students uh, last night all about, hey, when do you launch? When do you, um, you know, 
continue to keep students combined in the same environment. Um, so I would encourage you, if you're really pondering like where where you're at in that, um, not to um, you know take away from our awesome podcast, but we are supporters yep. of many we other podcasts absolutely yeah, um but no they had some excellent feedback they just went in more in depth and i think it was very it was very edifying for me to even think through as uh, i look across our campuses at large our student ministries and just to evaluate see where we're at um you know where are those discussions needing to be had uh with the different student ministries are they at that 30 mark and so on and so forth so if you're looking for further resourcing specifically on that point they did a great episode i think it was back in march of 2018 okay on throwback. spotify yeah i see you i, I was see just you. scrolling and um it caught my attention Deep in the so feet, as joe would say <laughs> yes. no that's that is good I, I think one of the things ej because we share a lot in here and sometimes it's principle sometimes it's practical uh and i think that when you're launching a campus or where you're at a campus and it's it's younger it's not first year first year and a half you um it's probably very easy to get discouraged especially if there are other you know campuses within your your multi-site church that are you know 400 students or 2,000 people like all you know they're larger campuses they might have more means you know in quotations there uh for ministry and so on so i i understand it can be discouraging one of the things i always share with our team um is, you know, the words of the famous philosopher DJ Khaled. Mm. All we do is win. All we do is win. <laughs> and not that, like, all we do is win, like, we're awesome, we chalk out. W it's that you will find yourself in situations in which you could easily right. get disheartened, you could get discouraged, and you could just chalk it up as an L. How do you turn that into a win? Yeah. Principally, we want to week in, week out, create excellent and safe environments in which a student knows that they are valued in hopes that that will create on-ramps for the gospel to be shared, lives to be changed, discipleship to happen, uh, and them to be challenged and encouraged to live out their faith. And so if you're sharing a multiple space or uh, you're in a high school or you're in a church basement, whatever it might be, there are principal things that you can be doing week in and week out with your team to make that a W. Yep. There are always reality at plays. Realities can never be excuses. They should give way for innovation to occur. And so that would be the truth bomb. Yeah, that's heavy that quotes. That was a truth bomb. That was. That was tweetable, too. Yeah. I like that. You know, I love that. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, DJ Collette, for this. Wow. Well, um, it's just been a great time uh, sharing with you guys today and um, being here. We're thankful for each of you who are listening to be serving alongside of each of you do um, or you've learned as you've launched campuses please let us know we'd love to include it in the show notes and update people via social media if you do us the great privilege of subscribing to the podcast yes. giving us a comment as well as um, call the other person that you know and say hey are you listening to this podcast because the vast majority of us when we get into multi-site um, we're either doing it alongside of other people or we came from another multi-site mm -hmm. so yeah. it'd be a huge blessing share for, with your team share yeah. with your interns yeah You're trying to teach them you know all those ins and outs that just kind of like pop up and everything about multi-site church logistics all that stuff we love interns so. by <laughs> by all means we well, do we love you guys god loves you more have an awesome day god bless you bye, bye.